This is exactly right. Forgive me for interrupting. I'm Bridger Weiniger, host of I Said No Gifts on Exactly Right. Each week, I invite my favorite people in comedy over to chat, and they always bring a gift. We're coming up on our 200th episode, and every episode is a gem. I have welcomed all kinds of great guests, including Cola Scola, Bowen Yang, Robbie Hoffman. It goes on and on and on. And you don't want to miss the 200th episode with the great Maria Bamford. What does she bring me? Find out April 25th. New episodes every Thursday. Follow I Said No Gifts wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, all right, Scotty, ready? Oh, I am very ready to laugh and laugh and laugh and laugh. Look, I don't want to apologize. I don't want to apologize for doing another bird story, but I feel like I need to. <laughs> okay. But this right. one's just too, too good. Here it is. Giant flock of pigeons abducted, thrown in mysterious van. Yes, that is a banana story, and we should talk about that on this episode of Bananas. Guys, gals, and non-binary pals, welcome to Bananas. That's Scotty Landis. And that is Kurt, Curdy B, Brownoler. And Kurt, sorry if I sound a little goofy right now. I'm still recording from Maria, and and I messed up big time. So if I sound stupid on this episode, it's all on me. Guys, just so you're clear, Maria is an island off the coast of Tahiti. I don't know. Does yeah. an island have a coast? And Not really. But it's just next. It's another island. It's all coast. Tahiti, so That's don't right. feel bad for Scotty right now. He's in. The... And also, if you guys are in these cities, get ready. Vancouver. Boom. Tacoma. Pow. And then just announcing today that we will also be at uh, Moon Tower Comedy Festival. Yes. Uh, Scotty and I will be doing a very, very special bananas at Moon Tower. I'll be doing some stand up. That's in April. That's in Austin, Texas. I'll be so there if you're somewhere else in Texas. Come on down for that. Um, are you guys ready? I'm gonna, I'm gonna bring it on our bring guest on right our now. guest. Our guest today is a truly stupendous stand up comedian. It's true. Uh, she started stand up when she was 16 years old, guys. All right. Uh, and just a couple, just a few years later, was a top 10 finalist on Last Comic Standing when she was 22. Her hour special, her last hour special, Quarter Life Crisis, is on Netflix right now. She just recorded another one that she's editing right now. She's touring the country. She's got a brand new podcast called Sad in the City. Please welcome Taylor Tomlinson. Hey, guys. Hello. Thank you so much for the for the round of applause, Scotty. I noticed Kurt did not clap, no. but I was snapping. I was snapping. You can't see. You can't see what I'm doing with my fingers. Yeah. <laughs> Welcome to Bananas, Taylor. How are you? How was the tour, or how is the tour going? The tour is good. The tour is good. Uh, I'm not sure when this will come out, but if you want to know, whatever cities I'm coming to, yeah. ttomcomedy.com. Um, I just recorded the, the second Netflix special, so I have to write new jokes. So yes. I have yes. not been on a theater tour of my own before. So I, uh, I did like a Q and a on Instagram last night, actually. And I was I like, just question. Yeah. I was like, just a question. If I try new jokes for like five minutes in the middle of a theater show, are you guys going to be like bummed or will that be fun for you? And most people said I that it would be fun better. for them. I oh, think it's fun. Love it. People yeah. love it, especially once you've done 20 minutes of like solid material to see for people to see you stumble even a little bit <laughs> or for you to say, oh, I'm not doing that again. They love it. They'll go. They crazy. love it. They, they love, love it. some some failure. Yes, because yeah. they've actually done. Uh, I read I saw this. This was like a study they did where they showed it with college kids. They showed them an episode of uh, Friends. Uh, one group saw the episode of Friends with no commercials, and then another group saw the episode of Friends with commercials, just right in the middle. And the group that saw it with commercials liked the episode better because wow. it had something that wow. they disliked in the middle. <laughs> that is so funny. I've never yeah. heard that. Yeah. 
So it's like you want to, they want a break. They want to have a break to actually like compare what was bad and what's good. Like the comparison is what makes you enjoy it more. Right. That's so smart. Also, I think with stand up and any sort of live performance, people just want to feel like, you know, oh, I was at that show. It's special. Like that specific one. So even if you try something that bombs, they can be like, oh, like she tried a joke and it was terrible. Or they'll see one later down the road and they're like, I saw the first yes. time she mm-hmm. told that and it was garbage and yes. she fixed it <laughs> and we helped. And we helped. We made it better. I We're love that. As a non-comic, as somebody that just goes and watches a lot of comedy, especially I'll say a lot of my friends, I like watching people try new material and then as it evolves. And especially I've seen some people – I saw Tosh do this once and I've seen Jeselnik do it too where he'll drop in and like an, alt, an alternative show and he'll be like – I literally saw Tosh at Meltdown once go, hey guys, I'm Daniel Tosh. I'm going to do 10 jokes for you and he just did 10 jokes. He tried like 10 new premises to hit and then he just was like, thank you so much and left and everybody was like, that was awesome. Like he just tried premises basically. Wow. But like how famous was Daniel Tosh? He was Tosh.0 po- at this point. The he most was, famous? He was, he was famous but I have to say he came in super humble i think that's why people liked it because he knew he was just gonna eat shit for half of those jokes at least and uh but i've seen jeselnik do it maybe even on hot tub before Kurt, oh, yeah. where it Je- was jeselnik like would always come and do it jeselnik and dimitri i mean t- talking about like short joke people you know they'll come in and do three good jokes and then do like eight minutes of questionable material (laughs) and then end with like two good jokes but also it's hot tub and that's what people go to hot tub to see anyway yes yeah hot tub is so supportive yes they're very very supportive they're just they're really lovely love comedy i can't wait to bring it back we're gonna start soon we're gonna start soon sometime in february and um one more thing taylor before we jump back into the story do you have an la theater show coming up because i'll come I do. On May 6th, I'm oh, at uh, the theater at the Ace Hotel for the Netflix perfect. is a Joke Festival. Nice. That's a good theater. Awesome. That's I'm excited. Fun. I haven't done it. Oh, yeah. It's very pleasant. Um, and you, so you're, uh, you're now in New York and in L.A., right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that is your podcast, Sad in the City, is about living in these two different cities, correct? Mm-hmm. It is, it is <laughs> mostly about me trying to like New York City. Trying to like New York mm-hmm. City, okay. Yes. That's why I chose this first story for you. Yes. Um, okay. Because this is specifically, I think this is a reason to like New York City. Um, okay. Because it's so fucking crazy. <laughs> Here it is. Uh, this was sent in by Scott Newman on Instagram. Thank uh, you, Scott. Thank you, Scott. This was, I found it, mm-hmm. originally reported. Nice on job. I love the Upper West Side dot com. I'm reading it every morning. <laughs> I'm reading it every damn day. <laughs> I've turned off all of my news alerts other than I love the West Side. <laughs> uh, and it was written by Wendy Blake. Wendy Blake. Um, Great. Now, other other places have picked this story up since. Uh, but this was the original. Also, I could not find it when I Google it. When you Google this story, it no longer shows up because the other ones bump it out. Sounds good. And so I had to go and find, go to I love the Upper West Side.com to find it. Here it is. It was an ordinary scene in New York. <clears throat> this is from January 20th, 2022, just uh, three days ago. A flock of pigeons scrambling for seed on a sidewalk. But this story ends with an abduction, a car chase through Manhattan, and a mysterious van filled with pigeon feathers. Okay. While the pigeons were casually feeding near 58th Street and 10th Avenue, a man got out of a dark blue Dodge Caravan and threw a net over about 50 birds before violently tossing them into the van and speeding off. This, this fucker's using a net, and it's yeah. like 50 birds. This is insane. Here's a quote. This is from Susan Tang. It was such a smooth operation as if he'd done it many times before. It was over and done with in 20 seconds, says Susan Tang, who witnessed the scene on Sunday morning, January 16th. Quote, oh, my God, it's one of those pigeon nappers, said Miss Tang to her husband. Really? Is that that's the first thing you say? It's one of those pigeon nappers? Uh, driving in the car behind the van, they photographed the New York license plate, KLF 9514, thwarting the driver's attempts to obscure the plate with a scratched plastic cover. There is a photograph of the actual caravan, Dodge caravan, 
chased the van through the city. The driver was aware he was being followed and was blowing red lights and almost struck a group of pedestrians, said Where was he going with these pigeons? This guy had to get somewhere fast. She said, we pursued him pretty hard. At the red lights, I slowed down and looked both ways and then blew them myself. She finally gave up on the chase when it started to feel too dangerous. If that's not dangerous, I love, this is the, this is like the thing that I love about New York City, that there's a person in a car who's like, it's my job to blow red lights and chase the man who threw a net over 50 pigeons? Like, she just took it on herself. Like, this is what we're doing today. Is is abducting kids just, like, getting too easy? Like, are, like are pedophiles just like, I need a challenge. What about, what about a flock of birds? How about 50 birds? Uh, oh, so, and then Miss Tang and her husband weren't about to give up that easily. Of course not. Nine... Here, this is the, this is so great too. Again, another reason to love New York City. We called nine one one immediately. The operator thought it was a joke. Said Miss Tang, "Don't do stuff like that." We flagged down two double-parked officers who said a case like this was out of their jurisdiction. We then tried to file a formal report at the Midtown North Precinct, but the cops refused to allow us to, instead telling us to contact their office at Animal Welfare. Okay. When they called, there was a recording and no opportunity to leave a message. We filed a 311 report, but the NYPD closed the case within 20 minutes or so. Okay. So this is... Did they try this Central Park Zoo? (laughs) Did they try... This is what they finally got. They got the State Department of Environmental Conservation, which was able to track down the license plate. Uh, A representative from the agency said it belonged to someone upstate, three hours away from the city. They traced it to a local address. Uh, The representative found the van filled with pet feathers and pigeon excrement, but no pigeons. And the suspect denied all accusations. Miss Tang and her husband are willing to testify. They want to go to court about this. Uh, I first off, I'm surprised they found two people in New York City who care this much <laughs> about anything, let alone other living things. <laughs> yes. That's the most shocking part of this story. I agree also, with you. I like to imagine that there's just a house somewhere floating up style, <laughs> but attached to ten thousand yeah. pigeons. <laughs> I want to move to Jersey. He constantly (laughs) has to get new pigeons or else the house comes down. (laughs) I mean, people keep pigeons. People have the strangest pets. And when I was living in New York, I lived there for eight years. And there would always be a story once a year in the Daily News about somebody had a tiger in their their apartment in the Upper East Side. Somebody would have five monkeys in Queens. One time I was out at Randall's Island. We were, when I worked for Red Bull, sampling Red Bull. And there's like a miniature golf course. There's like a you lot had a of job sampling Red Bull. Yeah, well, Giving I would out hand it out. Not like oh, drinking. Oh, himself. okay. I thought your whole job was to sample Red Bull. No, I'm like, hmm, still tastes like crap. Interesting. Yeah, I was like, how are you not the biggest douchebag? Thank you. Well, thank <laughs> you for saying job. how not. Yes. Uh, also, I, you, Taylor, you've met me in real life. I'm very calm, and people would always be like, "Do you drink this?" And I'd be like, "No, <laughs> I, I simply do not." But we were giving it out to – there's a lot of softball leagues and baseball leagues on the weekends there. So we would go out and there would be you know, a 1,000 people playing different sports and soccer fields. And there's this guy that came up to our uh, our, our buddy and I. Kurt know, uh, knows Anthony Batista. And he was like a shirtless dude and he just goes up to Anthony and they're speaking Spanish. And the guy just keeps asking him for more than one Red Bull. And he was like, I'll take sugar-free. I'll take anything. And we're like, here. And we gave him like two just to, so this guy would leave us alone. And then about an hour and a half later, we just – hear all these people going like hey like cheering woo and that guy rode a horse just up in randall's island he had gotten onto a horse or brought a horse or did whatever a horse but that man without a saddle was riding a horse around what without a saddle he was just, just wild, wilding just, it just a guy riding around the baseball fields just shirtless and everybody's just cheering for him and clapping and <laughs> somewhere along the line Somebody got a horse up to Randall's Island for this guy. To t- Everyone's just, just like, this is why I moved here. Yes, this is culture. <laughs> it was mind-boggling. Happened, But it's like you said, like, it's just at any point in any day in New York, it's just you're going to see something that blows your mind, and then you just keep walking, and sometimes you don't even tell people what you saw because you're like, they won't care. They know. They live here too. Yeah. Yeah. 
I love it. Man. Just to just to end this story. Oh boy. So apparently, what is happening here, and I won't go into all of it because it's a, a true bummer, is that people from upstate run people upstate run pigeon hunts where they come to New York City. Oh, bogus! Capture hundreds of pigeons, drive them upstate, and then douchebags with guns. Then they shoot the birds out of a like the dehydrated birds out of like a cannon, and then they just shoot them. Oh. So it's like clay hunting, clay like it's like clay shooting, but with a live animal, and that's what yeah. I was about to say that's some like eighteen hundreds shit. Yeah, right there. it's some eighteen hundred shit. And wow. uh, there's a link to uh, to stop pigeon hunting. I'll uh, sign it in the article. I'll we will post it on the Instagram so you guys can all sign that pigeon link. Hunting. Uh, so that's the craziest part that these fuckers are driving down from upstate New York to steal New York City pigeons. It's yeah. it's really crazy. That's dumb. That's so, so crazy. So it's Kurt, you dumb. thought that story would make Taylor like New York more? <laughs> this is what I this is what I like about it is that Miss Tang and her husband they spent hours. Yes. Days of their lives. Like they look they there's another thing. Miss Tang had already determined that the cameras outside Mount Sinai West where the incident took place do not extend to the sidewalks. So she's like calling Mount Sinai to be like, "We need your footage. We need your footage of the birds." Like that she's like, "I yes. love this person who is like so it is like that New York City mindset of like, oh, I'll get it done. I'm going to get it done. <laughs> yes. I'm going to go to the cops. Then I'm going to go to another cops. Then I'm going to go to animal control. Then I'm going to go to the Department of Conservation. Then I'm going to file a lawsuit. Yes. Then I'm going to the hospital. I'm getting the, you know, like that, like that insane insanity that hits you when yes. you live in New York for so long where you're like, I can make this happen because every single moment in New York City is like fighting to fighting for your life. Yes. And so you feel like you can kind of do anything after you've lived for long enough yeah if you're there for three years i think you are legally batman like if you want like you don't have to be batman but you could if you wanted yes i think this would make a great sequel to don't fuck with cats they should make a don't fuck with pigeons oh yeah <laughs> that's true it, this might be the thing that kicks it off this episode of bananas might get it uh, they uh it really is weird how there's always in every direction there's a scheme going on in New York City. In uh, everywhere you go, there's something going on where you're like, "Am I getting? Is somebody about to scam me?" There was one guy that came on and he was he came on with a keyboard and he sat down on a little stool and he pointed at this couple that was clearly in town. We were down near like um, down near Ground Zero, and the guy's like five dollars if you I'm gonna play a song and if you guess it wrong. Uh, you got to give me $5. And they were like, no, we're okay. And he's like, no, we're doing this. And so I'm sitting there <laughs> and the guy starts to play. I got a woman. He, I got a woman way over town. And he sounds exactly like, and the people go, Ray Charles. And he goes, no, Jamie Foxx. And put out his hand like right in his face. <laughs> and the husband like didn't have a five. So he gave him a 20. And then the guy just got off the train. So in... 45 seconds this this tourist couple just lost $20 to the stupidest scam of all time and that's, that's amazing where did you move in New York City like what section um Manhattan I mean I don't want to get too specific because you know doxers. people are people are crazy yeah, yeah, yeah. um but yeah, no, I'm I'm dating somebody who's like, I'm going to die in New York no matter what. So I'm like, no. all right, let me see if it's yeah. a thing I can do. But that's like a very specific brand of mental illness that I have not run into very much, even in New York City. I've, I have not met, I don't think anybody else who's ever been like, I'm going to live here forever and never leave. Yeah. That's how I felt. That's we how I really? felt. Really? I was there for 14 years and I was like... I am never leaving, and when and, and I, everyone would start moving to LA, and I'm like, I'm never going. All these sellouts, wow. sellouts, and I would just. Be, <laughs> and then all of a sudden, one day, I was just like, I think I'm gonna move. <laughs> and then Where are you from everyone, originally? I'll be back in two years, New Jersey. New Jersey. Oh, okay. Wow. Yeah. So you uh -huh. are you are East Coast through and uh -huh. through. Yeah. 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 Totally. And then what age did you move to L.A.? Like probably 39. I didn't. St so you started stand up at 16. I started stand up when I was 29. Oh, wow. So you were like a person with things to say. 
I well, not really. I used to say like maybe five years after I started. Yes. Kurt, <laughs> Kurt I was, was one of those. I yeah, started. Kurt was one of those comics, and it was beautiful. He was like, you know, trying to break the mold a little bit, trying to reinvent stand up. And we've talked about this on the podcast yes. before. It was all of a sudden you go, oh no, it is what it is for a reason. Do that yeah. thing really well. And Kurt, within like a week, it just shifted, and then he became such a great comedian. <laughs> That's like when you try to like you try to bake cookies but make them vegan, and you're like, yeah. oh no, there's a reason that you use real butter because it cooks weird that's, if you don't that's exactly it. where are you from taylor where'd you grow up i'm from california i grew up in like northern california till i was about 10 and then i moved to southern california uh for the second half of my childhood gotcha. so i am cali through and through mm-hmm. which you know it's funny because when people are so diehard about new york i'm like but how it's so hard to live there and they're like you're on fire and shaking all the time. And I was like, yeah, but I, you know, we, I have a car. Yeah. It's <laughs> got know? air conditioning. I could it's got air conditioning. <laughs> it's just, it's different. I don't know how to explain it. <laughs> it blows my mind that it can be 20 degrees in New York and I take a six hour flight and it is 70 degrees here. Yes. I cannot wrap my head around it. I'm like, did yeah. I time travel? Yes. Yeah. What are we doing? It seems, and that is the one thing I always actually liked about California, like moving to Los Los Angeles. I was always like, oh, I'm going to miss, I'm going to miss winter. I'm going to miss the seasons. And then I tour, I would tour so much. I'd be like, I would, I'll get winter. I'll get winter a bunch, but I just get to do it for four days at a time. And then it's just like, I'm done. After four days, I've done a winter and I'm right back to California. That's right. Yeah, sometimes I think I really like it in New York. And I do like it. It's just the longevity I'm not sure about yet. And there are some weeks I have, like, a great week. And I'll be like, I really like it. Like, I'm sad to go back to the West Coast. And then I get back here and my whole body relaxes. Oh, yeah. Because I'm like, oh, I'm outside and the temperature is perfect. Oh, yeah. It's just, like, walking around in perfect bath water. But you're outside. Like, I'm, I really, I don't know how I feel. It's a mind fuck. It's. I tell everybody when they're like, we're going to visit New York for the first time. When should we go? I'm like, September or May. If you go in May or September, New York is perfect. so it's magical perfect. that you're it's like, so I magical. could live here forever. Oh, and then best. you're there in late November and it's ice rain and your subway just isn't <laughs> running that day and nobody told you why. And you're like, oh, I, I understand why people lose their minds. I understand nervous breakdowns after living in New York. And in California, you just don't always feel that way anyways. Yeah, give me another. Best story, city in the me. world, New York City. Um, <laughs> the Windy City. The Windy City, the city on the hill. Uh, Jessica Ray sent this one in. Thank you, Jessica Ray. This is from Caitlin O'Kane, BBC News. Oh. She, she's good. Best in the biz. She is that good. Um, doctor, always a good banana story when it starts with Doctor. Doctor no longer allowed to practice after branding two patients' livers with his initials. Oh, no. Oh, yes. How old is this doctor? 16. (laughs) He's a genius. It's Doogie Hauser. No, he's Who sees someone's 50s. liver and treats it like a like a <laughs> yes. fucking tree on the playground? <laughs> yes. He's like T M love C R. Oh boy, here we go. A doctor in the UK has been removed from the country's medical register for branding patients' livers with his initials. That's plural, livers. The incidents cool. occurred in February and August 2013 when Simon Bramhall used a surgical device to write his initials on transplanted, trans, excuse me, transplanted livers at the end of two different surgeries. Wow. So yeah, liver. I like that they specify that it's, it's a surgical tool. Yeah. That he used. Right. I was Not like, well, I would hope so. Yeah. Like, <laughs> used a fingernail. Yeah. <laughs> used a, a stick he found. <laughs> nurse uh the 1.6 inch initials so that's pretty big like it's not like a little centimeter yeah 
That's more than enough, yeah. some people would say. We're they discovered... want to see it on an x-ray. <laughs> yeah, oh, how are exactly. they discovered? I'm so excited to find out. They were discovered by another doctor when an organ transplanted oh. by Bramhall failed a week later. So he didn't even do a good job transport. Oh. This, this guy, this guy's a bum. So in <laughs> 2017, Bramhall pled uh, guilty and was convicted of two counts of common assault, according to documents in UK's medical practice tribunal service i'm waking up i'm sipping coffee i'm reading the uk's medical <laughs> practice tribunal service known as mpts which hears complaints against doctors to determine if they are fit to practice he was only fined ten thousand pounds which is about thirteen thousand six hundred u.s dollars so he resigns from this job in 2014 and he was suspended for five months uh, up until 2020 um, or again in 2020, excuse me. However, they have uh, the MPTS, my favorite thing in the world, invited Bram Hall to have his case reviewed in December 2020. Uh, he said, I foolishly made a mark on an adjacent liver. He admitted his actions were, quote, uh, stupid and entirely wrong. Uh, and then his legal counsel uh, argued that the former doctor is has shown that he's fit to uh, complete these surgeries very well and that uh, this case has, should be about his surgical skills and not about his lack of respect for, and the dignity of his patients. What? And, and then bringing that up. <laughs> <laughs> Such a crazy argument. Yeah, and then it brought it up. I've that, got no respect for you or your health, but I'm a great surgeon. <laughs> yes, and so the MP PTS during the hearing, uh, like hearing that said, quote, uh, we will we cannot accept that it has no lasting physical damage to the patient, um, but it does have significant emotional harm, which is like, yeah, you would you would feel so weird if your doctor was just goofing on your organs, just having a blast. Um, but also, if they, this is only the, the only the only one he was caught doing, this yes. means he's done this to hundreds of hundreds and also why do it putting your initials somewhere is to be like to like this is mine do you know what i mean like it's for other Super people creepy. to see it's but so if anybody weird. ever sees it he loses his job like mm -hmm. so it's confusing it's like a secret mark of ownership that only he knows about like that's the craziest part it's so weird. And so he's been removed from the medical register. They thought there was appropriate punishment for the exact thing that they said it was in for, quote, gross violation of a patient's dignity and autonomy. So Yay. there you go. Uh, immediate suspension was put in place. That, it is such a creepy thing to do. It's so weird. Yeah, I do like that this guy did it thinking that once he got caught, he could just be like, I'm sorry. Does the heart not work? Like, <laughs> you know, like that's I just I missed the part where I didn't save your fucking life. Like Great that's yeah. so crazy to me. Yes. Like, oh, my God, that's nuts. I just this is just proof that like no matter how good your job is, you can be a psychopath. Yeah, right. I yeah. think surgeons attract it. I think so. I think surgeons. I think surgeons. Surgeons, stand-ups, and Chefs. airline pilots yeah. <laughs> are like the three of like we're just like you're probably a eat like a narcissist, like an insane megalomaniacal narcissist. Right. Yeah. I had a flight. I had a flight recently where the pilot came out and like talked to us for a little bit at the beginning of the I've flight. It's weird, right? Where they oh, just like, come out and he's stood? like. Stood. Like, did like a tight five? Uh, yeah, yeah, top? yeah. Stood and was like, so yeah, we are, talked about how long he'd been flying, how long oh, he'd boy. been flying that oh, plane wow. specifically. Yeah. And I was like, what are you doing? It almost felt like he was like trying to prove something to all of us. Yes. Like he had heard someone getting on the plane going like, I heard this pilot's <laughs> trash. I'm like, nobody. Yeah, go, go fly the plane. <laughs> We understand your We're job, fine. sir. We're in the plane. Yeah. We know someone flies he, it. I think he asked if there's anything he could do for us, and we were like, "Yeah, fly the plane." So like, fly the plane. The thing behind you. Go in the go in the room. Yeah. Shut the door. Lock it. Oh, yeah. I have yeah. a question. Hi, Scotty. Three uh, C. Uh, how recently was the divorce paper served to you, and how badly are you trying to get laid? Oh, it's terrible. 
Oh, um, my gosh. When I was in high school, they started to uh, – they built an addition onto the high school. So all the student parking got moved onto this dirt lot. And so every day after school, our cars would be covered in dust and dirt and debris. And so like any high schoolers would, we would all draw stuff on each other's cars. You draw penises or boobs or write whatever. And there was a friend of mine named Sarah. And we were like – we were those kind of friends that you were like goofing off and flirting around. But we never dated or anything like that. And um, we would just always get each other's cars. Like every day you'd come out and would write something stupid on the car. So one day I decided to up the Annie and I drew on the hood of her like navy blue Ford Taurus sedan, like great starter car for a 16-year-old. I drew a giant butt pooping on a smaller butt. That's what I drew with my fist. So, you know, I was an artist before I was an artist. So then That's I what the doctor work. should have been putting on liver. Yes, it's funny. Yes. <laughs> You're I, I didn't disrespect anybody. I drew a butt pooping on a smaller butt onto her heart. That's funny. Not just my initials. I saved her life. She can drink pints again. And now we're all having a good laugh. Put the x-ray back up. Let's laugh again. <laughs> Let's laugh again. So. I go to work and I'm working um, and I get a call and it's her and she's like did you draw my car after school and I go yes she goes it scratched the clear coat my dad's pissed I told him it was you he's going to make you pay for it so I'm 16 and you know just you're afraid of parents at 16 in a very real way plus I had like you know $100 I had Christmas money so I was like are you serious she goes yeah you like he's really pissed man like it scratched the paint so I was like, oh, I'm so sorry. I hang up the phone. I tell the other guy that I cover. I go to AutoZone. And I, I'm like, hi, do you have anything to get scratches out? They're like, Eagle One Polish. This will get it out of the clear coat. So I buy that. I buy like chamois, like cloths and all this stuff. And I'm like heart racing. Her dad's home from work. So I'm like going to have to face this grown man and be like, I drew the big butt shitting on the little butt on your daughter's car for eternity. <laughs> <laughs> That's how much I respect your family. And so I, I, I'm so scared I don't even park in front of their house. I park down the street, get the supplies, and I'm like, maybe I can make this right before I ring the doorbell. You know, maybe I can clean this mess up. And then be like, I actually solved the problem, sir. I'm so sorry. And I go, and it just, on the hood of her car, huge bold block letters. It just says shit with an exclamation point. So somebody else had done it. It wasn't me. Oh. My, my, butt, my butt on butt action, just light dusting just i used a gentle touch and the feeling the weight that came off my shoulders i felt like the end of shawshank redemption <laughs> i was i walked up i rang that doorbell i gave them the polish and the stuff i'm like i didn't do that they were like no i was like i did not write that and they could tell i was being honest because i was so bold about it but it, I've never forgotten that feeling in my child. It was like the thing. It was my moral compass. Like, I'm not a religious guy, but now I'm just like, just do the right thing. <laughs> Let somebody else make the big mistake. But I've never felt just like a backpack of concrete just like slip right off and be like, oh. Did it, you have to be like, I'm so sorry, but I did not write shit. I drew the butt pooping on the smaller <laughs> That's underneath the shit. That was me. That was me. <laughs> I should have. I'm sure I was like, I did something else, and I did it on... I probably lied. I probably said it was on the windshield or something, uh, but whoever wrote shit on her car... So it didn't work, by the way. So that poor girl had to drive around with shit lightly drawn oh. into her car for two more years. Oh, no. Oh, well. I got away. Wow. I dodged a bullet. Yeah. Well, that's proof. It's just goes to show if you're going to write something on your friend's car, put your initials underneath it. Thank you. So they know it was you. Yeah. You got to sign your artwork. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> Kurt, you want to tease us into a big, uh, big commercial break, friend? Yes, please. Here it is. Robot vacuum cleaner escapes from Cambridge Travel Lodge. I was going to do this one too. I love it. It's so good. Bananas. Hey, folks, we are back. 
we are, of course, here with our fantastic guest, Taylor Tomlinson. And before we get back to her, Scotty, do you have any shout-outs? I don't. I think you and I are recording a solo ep on this week, and I'm going to do a buttload then. I have a lot of February shout-outs. Look so. at that. No, no shout-outs, guys. So it's easy-peasy. While you're, while you're here, just go and rate and review. Go to rate bananas.com r-a-t-e bananas.com it'll take you right to the review page on apple Podcasts, and you can leave us a review it will really help and we really appreciate it yes we would taylor tomlinson the fantastic stand-up comedian wonderful person all around hello taylor are you having a good time so far i am having a good time so far i love a podcast where a you don't use the video, so Never. I didn't have to put on makeup. Oh, my God. Thank you, you so much. You look lovely. You look lovely. Thank you so much. And also uh, one where the first question isn't something very deep about no depth. your personal life. So nice. Yeah. This is so lovely. So who hurt you in high school? Who hurt exactly? you in high school? Cold source. You get them? Do you not get them? <laughs> That's what, when I was on Mark Marin, that was how he opened. He's like, so what, what, what fucked you up in high school? Like, literally, that was his first thing out the gate. And I was just like, okay, I guess we're talking. Oh, yeah. Good yeah. happy. That's, um, that's, a lot a, of, that's a lot of pods. Yeah, I know. And why? We're, we try to be there for people to escape. We feel like the world is difficult enough. We feel like everybody's bothering each other all the time. So let's not get too deep. Let's, let's just do- talk about robots escaping. Um <laughs> Taylor, I did want to ask you a question because we never talked about this. You did Adam Devine's house party in Hawaii. And mm-hmm. did you have fun? Did you enjoy that experience? No, but it's my fault. It's not. It's because nothing I didn't to do. See you. I never saw oh, you. Here's here's what happened. So I did Adam Devine's house party. I was I think I was 21. It was yes. right after it was right after last comic. Yes. And. But last comic uh, hadn't aired yet, right? I think it had. Oh Maybe I'm wrong. I said 22. I thought you were 22 when last comic came out. Oh no, I was 21. But it's oh, 20. It doesn't matter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What well, I just should I should not have been on TV yet. But uh, Adam Devine's house party. The show was great. Um, I have terrible social anxiety right. still. But at that point, it was way worse. Yes, because I had. You know, almost no credits. I didn't believe in myself. I wasn't very good at stand-up yet, quite frankly. You were still. And I just, I could not even wrap my head around trying to be social. And so I literally just stayed in my hotel room and, like, ordered room service bagels. Yeah. (laughs) And just, like, hid and, and just freaked out until it was time to do the show. And then the show was, like, awesome and so easy and they like they had done my hair and makeup but they like wanted me to leave my hair down because they thought it looked better and then like two minutes before they introduced me i just put it in a ponytail because i was like i can't i can't do it and like i was just so nervous and then the next day we had to do like the uh the the like little sketch the acting part yeah the acting part which like adam devine's an actual actor you were good so you did a great i don't I never even saw it, Scott. That's, that's I fine. couldn't tell you. But I just remember sitting on that beach while it rained intermittently yes. and just like going, I don't know if this is good. I didn't even know we had to do the sketch part. Uh, <laughs> I I thought I I thought I did okay last night and I could leave now. I just great. my social anxiety has ruined so many career moments for me. Um, it's crazy. So it was it was nothing to do with uh anything other than my own personality my no 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 i only asked because i didn't hang out with you afterwards usually people afterwards are like exactly what you're saying everybody would sit at the bar afterwards or hang out afterwards or do whatever and i would just be like so what are you into but i'm going to give you two compliments based on what you just said one was you got the most applause breaks of anybody in all three seasons so your stand-up really killed that night and it was great and i was like oh, oh she's nice. about to take off and then the other thing is after every season, Adam and I would get together and we would be like, who do we want to develop shows with? And we were like, Taylor. And then I reached out to your old manager uh, who was an old friend. And I was like, hey, we want to do something with Taylor. And he's like, she's already doing this thing with much bigger producers. And Adam and I were like, oh, OK. But you, you were we were like, watch this. We're going to develop this. We're going to put a show around her. And then they were like, oh, no, she's already with so-and-so and so-and-so. And they're going to CBS or whatever. And we were like. Oh damn, we missed our window. 
Oh, so wow. I did not know that. So I your wonder... sketch was that good. Wow, that's so nice. That must have been... AB, was it the ABC? Yeah, I think so. Development deal? Yeah, that's so funny. Yeah, that ABC development deal, I think I was 23. Oh, my God. And it, yeah, JFL was, like, very good for me. Like, JFL New Faces used to be this huge thing where, like, everybody would come away yeah. with a deal. Chicken. Yeah, and by the time I got it, everybody was like, this will do nothing for you. Like, you already have a manager. Like, you're fine. But, like, it's fun. Just go have fun. Yeah. And then it ended up being really good for me. And, uh, like, I got that deal out of it and everything. So, um, obviously, the show did not get made, thank God. But it uh, was a very good experience, and I got to work with very good people. Yeah, that's great. No, I just yeah, wanted yeah. you to know that. We were sitting there, and we, we felt like you were the one that got away. Like, we were like, oh, oh but. That's so nice. Oh, my story. God. That's such a nice compliment. <laughs> so, anyways, thanks for doing it. And, Curdy B, Sorry. Let's get back to some hot, hot, hot bananas action. Don't you ever apologize to me. Here it is. <clears throat> Robot vacuum cleaner escapes from Cambridge Travel Lodge. This was sent in by Worthington. <laughs> escapes. Escapes. <laughs> so good. And it's the it's the BBC. It's the BBC, and they're still like they're still using that language, and I love them for it. Uh, this is this was published one day ago. Uh, yeah, it's newbie. This was written by. Nobody. Thank nope. you, BBC. Exactly. <laughs> Media must in the wrote biz. This. <laughs> uh, here it is. A robot vacuum cleaner made a break for freedom after giving staff the slip at a travel lodge hotel. Ooh, I smell it. a Pixar movie. Mm-hmm. Right? Oh, God. Some brave little vacuum. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, the automated cleaner failed to stop at the front door of the hotel in Orchard Park in Cambridge on Thursday and was still on the loose the following day. Uh, staff on the said, loose. What battery life does this thing I have? Know. Staff said it just kept going and, quote, could be anywhere. <laughs> well, well-wishers on social media hope the vacuum enjoyed its travels as, quote, it has no natural predators in the wild. Uh, <laughs> It was found under a hedge on Friday. <laughs> I mean, did the, what are the contents? That's the thing. They need to open that up. Maybe it solved a crime. Uh, yeah. Staff at the hotel posted the story of the robot vacuum's great escape on social media, asking it to be returned if found. Today, we had one of our new robot vacuums run for its life, the assistant manager wrote. They normally sense the lip at the entrance to the hotel and turn around, but this one decided to make a run for it. Uh, its disappearance was not noticed for about 15 minutes, and despite a search, it appeared the vacuum had made a clean break for it. The assistant manager assumed it might have been found and taken and pointed out it was only compatible with the docking and charging station at the hotel, so it was oh, useless to It couldn't find its way else. home. Well, this is a Pixar just, movie. This, it really is. Uh, one feared for its safety in the great outdoors. <laughs> <laughs> Nature abhors a vacuum. <laughs> That's interesting. The way they're talking about it makes it sound like they're abusing this vacuum. They're like, yeah. <laughs> ran for its life, made a break for it. I know. Yeah, in the in the Pixar movie, at some point, like for the for the big break into Act Three, it has to have like a cat riding the vacuum, <laughs> like into like the place where it's going to finally solve the big. Mm-hmm. Problem, right? A like gay cat. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. You got to love that. I love that so much. I do, too. Do we know the battery? We don't know it, but it is industrial because it's like, it's. I guess it's a robot vacuum that is made to be used by um, hotels. So it has a specific docking station that can't be used by just a normal robot vacuum oh okay so probably not a battery that could like fit in a vibrator or anything <laughs> probably not not like a long lasting okay no i just thought i'd ask because me yeah, yeah. you're looking for it you just gotta, <laughs> gotta go to cambridge you just gotta go to cambridge just became an adult swim show just like that straight to adult swim wait a second um, I remember staying my first time staying at a travel lodge. Travel lodge used to have a an American version called Econo Lodge. Oh boy! Right. Um, and Econo Lodge was so when I was in eighth grade. So you don't know. I, you probably are not familiar with this idea, uh, Taylor. But if you grew up on the East Coast and you were in eighth grade, you would take a trip in eighth grade to Washington D.C. Big like, deal. Everywhere. 
on the East Coast, everyone went to Washington, D.C. in eighth grade. And so we did like a three-day trip to Washington, D.C. from New Jersey. Wow. Uh, traveled in a big bus. And I was like the dork who like had a video camera at the time. And this no. was like 1980. Cool. cool, man. 89. So no one had video cameras. And I was like just videotaping everyone and everyone hated it. And uh, so I have footage from this time. But we pull up and we staying at... And I'd never been in a hotel before. I was in eighth grade. And we're staying at this Econo Lodge. And the whole side of the building is just plaid. It's plaid. It's a plaid Econo Lodge. <laughs> so it's already like 10 eighth graders, like, just like, this is the funniest place I've ever stayed ever. And then every meal, I was trying to look this up. And Scotty, maybe you know what I'm talking about. There's a place in the D.C., Virginia, Maryland area that was an all-you-could-eat buffet called smorgasbord 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 the smorgasbord yeah the smorgasbord so okay you see what i'm talking about because it doesn't exist anymore no thank god and it was (laughs) and so first off like i have video of just me just being like this is where we're staying like it's just a big (laughs) flat hotel and then it's like now we're going to eat and it's going to smorgasbord and you could just hear like my very high-pitched eighth grade voice going like we're eating a smorgasbord again <laughs> Every meal they brought us into this all you could eat buffet at Smorgasbord. Oh God, it was so funny. And, yes. But that was a, such a treat. What a treat to have like you're in a hotel. They would put um, band aids over the outside of the door so that if you what? opened your door at night, the they would know. The teachers would know in the morning because you couldn't. There was no way to like affix it again. Wow. Oh, it was the best. That's lo-fi stuff. But I, I just love uh, that's um, Econo Lodge always has a soft spot in my heart for just that reason. Yeah. Have you stayed in one since? No, no, I will wow. not. <laughs> Can't ruin the memory. Can't yeah. ruin the memory. I do not like them at all. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I feel like Taylor do so as a touring comic. You must stay in literally hundreds and hundreds of hotels. How long did it take you to get some sort of routine where you wouldn't lose your mind staying in hotels? Oh, God, I don't know. I mean, I feel like just as you get older, your threshold changes for Uh what you will what you will put up with. Because when (laughs) I first started touring, uh, I stopped going to school when I was like 20 and started touring colleges, which is how I went full time. Right. And doing all these colleges, mostly in like Pennsylvania, Massachusetts, like Mm -hmm. all all around there. Uh you were just going to like the middle of nowhere, staying in these hotels that were like two stars maybe. Cause that's all there was. And you're like trying to save money. So you're doing whatever's cheapest. Right. Exactly. And I don't know how I didn't get murdered as yeah. like a 20, yeah. 21. Like there were multiple times people tried to like break into my room. Like where you're just like, glad oh, no. I did the latch. Like just like, crazy where at this i got stuck in the snow in like the woods by myself like just so many things that if they happened to me now i would not handle them as well because at the time you're so young you're just like you almost you just can't wrap your head around how bad it is what's happening right Right. and then you get to be older and you're like i have to stay in safer places because i only have so many lives you know (laughs) yeah it's i i don't like if I'm a cat, I'm on seven, I think, yes. and I can't push it anymore. So weirdly enough, I think COVID is what made me stay in nicer hotels. Yeah, of course. Because I was like, all right, you have a Netflix special. You actually sell tickets now. You don't want to get COVID. You want to be staying in yeah. places where they're actually cleaning And so when I was on the road doing like outdoor shows at first, that was fall of 2020. So I would be doing outdoor shows, but I still had to stay in a hotel, obviously. And I just started trying to like level up a little bit. And that does make a big difference. I got to say, like so big because coming back to like, you know, whatever a Holiday Inn Express, which actually yes. was like pretty good. Yeah, I, when I was good. I, I love that's a pretty Holiday good. Inn yeah, I that's actually not a good example. No. I just can't. I'm trying to think. Red of Roof Inn. Red Roof Inn. There you go. That's if a you good were doing one. colleges, did you ever have to stay in like 
the college like a hotel thing that's like no. on campus. Oh, I've had multiples of these for some reason where you like get in and it's just like an old lady at like a it seems like a dorm and then she like yeah. gives you like a skeleton key. <laughs> and, she's like, and she's like upstairs there's one hotel room and then it's like you're kind of in a an abandoned dorm and then you go to like this old room from like the turn of the century and have to stay it's like so much worse than a hotel it is it is awful it's like staying at the comics condo but at a uh at a college oh yeah it's been destroyed so much more oh yeah no i really even like the condo thing i will change i will change uh hotel rooms if like it's too dark now like if i go in and the lighting's weird. I'll be like, yes. I'm here for four days. I'm going to be sad in here. Like, do you have anything else? And I'm very apologetic about it. I'm like, I'm really sorry. There's nothing wrong with it. If you don't have any other rooms, it's fine. But just in case you do, could I maybe change? Because this one feels like I'm going to have nightmares in it. <laughs> I, yeah. I, I can't tell you anything other than that. It's a little that. haunted. Like, it, it's a little haunted. Somebody's bought yeah. guns here before, you know. Yeah. The layout, I just don't. Mm, it just doesn't do it for me. The feng shui in here, it's wrong. Yeah, that is so real. I know, it's so fascinating. I remember like 10 years ago, all these big corporations, they started advertising things that the rest of us just assumed were already happening. Like McDonald's would be like, our nuggets are all white meat now, or all like it's all chicken. And you're like, oh, thank God. Or it's like 100% beef. Right. Like Hampton Inn or one of those was like, we wash our duvets after every, and you're like, were you not washing your... No one does. Right. No one does. That's the thing. It's like whenever I get into a hotel, I always take the top layer off and just throw it on the ground. Because yeah. you know that the top layer is not washed. It's the stuff... They only wash like the... What? Yes. Yeah. Yes. We just For real, trailer. though? Yeah. Like at every level? I thought that was just some uh, like probably shitty five hotels. Star, probably five star, they they wash it. But I think everything under five star, they do not. When they really? advertised that, I, all, I was like, oh, my God. Yeah. yeah. Oh, no. I like poured a real stiff drink and just stared out into the <laughs> distance and was like, what has my body touched? Oh, my God. You just got to give in to it. <laughs> Scotty, get, I know. give us one more to send us home. Okie doke. This is a pretty funny one. This one is interesting, and it feels very European to me for some reason. Oh, because it takes place in Europe. That's why. Ian Harvey <laughs> Yap sent this in. What a name. Ian Harvey Yap. Mm-hmm. Y-A-P. We love that name. We love a good name on bananas. Man is awarded 36,000 pounds. After his job was deemed so tedious, he suffered from, quote, extreme bore out. This was from the Daily Mail. This was written by Whoa. Ryan Fahey, who is damn good at his job. Really good. <laughs> if there was a business of doing these types of things, he yes, might sir. be the best of that business. I would say so. A, yep. French, a French manager has been awarded 36,000 pound payout after his job was deemed so tedious he suffered from extreme <laughs> he suffered from extreme <laughs> from extreme bore out so like burnout but bore out for our listeners at home a Parisian Frederick Desnard Denard Frederick Denard, who worked as a manager at Interparfum up until 2015, originally sued the perfumery, so he worked at a perfume company, for 550,000 pounds because his job was so boring, it drove him oh. into a deep depression and forced him to quit. He claimed oh, he that, already quit this job. Th- yes. Wait, this is a French. This is a French man. Yes, and so it's been settled. This recently. is in France, but this is in France. We, oui, in France. Oh my God, <laughs> France is such a different. It's such a like that he would he would sue for a half a million dollars because he's been bored exactly. and he already quit the job. <laughs> yes, he's yes. already quit. Yes, <laughs> it's and it's a perfumery. How how exciting could that have been from the jump? Is that ever you sit there and you either you either do spreadsheets or you smell a lot of perfumes or like me, you just sample Red Bull constantly. Um, he claimed that after losing an important client years ago, he was assigned menial tasks. I mean, maybe this is real, but gosh, this is so good. At a Paris-based company for four years where his humdrum duties, great writing, uh, best in the business man. What is your name? Ryan Fahey. Uh, the humdrum duties made him depressed, destroyed, and ashamed. 
uh, when his mental health deteriorated, up to him, because of extreme boredom, he signed off to work for six months. Uh, <laughs> he was then brought back but made redundant. I don't know what that means. I guess his that job. Means, that means he was laid off. Oh, okay. He was laid off. Yeah. Um, so he used the term he used the term bore out uh, as opposed to traditional burnout. Um, and they said, Mr. Denard said he was in a quote slow descent into hell. End quote. That <laughs> I mean, it's out of perfumery. That's why this is so funny to me. Just so bored and so many smells. Just. <laughs> So some of the boring type jobs, because I know you guys were con- wanting to know, he had to configure the CEO's tablet. He had to escort tradesmen in and out of the boss's home. That could be fun. Like your pilot talked to you. Sounds like a job. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Um, and then, well, don't French people take like three hour lunches and like yes. go in late? Like these are all things <laughs> I've learned from Emily in Paris, by the way. So yes. feel free to correct me. Um, this I is the first all case. Of August off. Yes. Well, <laughs> yeah. I, 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 that reminds me of a story that I wasn't going to talk about. But uh, my cousin did a uh, big theater production in Paris years ago, off like whatever their equivalent of off Broadway is. And he came back, and he was used to working in New York for no money and making things happen. And when he came back, he's like, I don't think I'm ever going to do anything in France ever again. He said that they would take smoke breaks every 30 minutes, um, that they would show up an hour late every day, and then they would take a two-hour lunch and drink wine at lunch. And then they they hated the equivalent of the line producer, the person that you know has to pay everybody. And so I think the guy's name was Mark, the line producer. And they went on strike after two weeks because the paycheck, they're supposed to get paid every two weeks and they wanted to get paid every week. So they all left. They went to a cafe across the street. My cousin had to go over there and he was like, what is wrong? And they were like, Mark is is the mollusk. We call him the mollusk because he clams up all of our money. He is the mollusk. <laughs> so then instead of going back to work, they start chanting, Le chèque c'est soi, le chèque c'est soi, the check tonight, the check tonight. <laughs> they wouldn't leave until that guy came over and cut them checks. But they were like, Mark, you are the mollusk. You are the mollusk. <laughs> this is two weeks into building sets and getting ready. So he was like, no, never, ever, ever go going back that is incredible Le chèque c'est soi. um Beautiful. anyways i'll just wrap the story up real tight uh this case was the first of uh its kind uh a 36 000 pound payout for a novel condition but some experts believe up to a third of france's labor force suffer from bore out <laughs> so this could start a this trend of le chèque c'est soi. so Oh, if man. this is the way the French state finally goes bankrupt, it's okay. Yeah. <laughs> We've not... had to pay everyone who's bored. We have no money for bridges. Yes. <laughs> oh, my gosh. We are not making fun of mental health. We are making fun of being so bored at a perfumery. <laughs> wow. Oh, just quit the job, yeah. dude. Just quit the job. Go get another job if it's so boring. That's a dream job for a creative. Like, when I was young, I had horrible jobs. I wrote scripts all the time. I loved yeah. boring jobs. I actively went looking for boring jobs. Um. Oh, man. Taylor. Let's do some plugaways. Yeah, tell us everything. Oh, okay. Um, Website. Just what is like? Where can people find TikTok. all the oh. dates? What is yeah, everything? TikTok. When is your when is your Snapchat. Netflix special coming out? Um, we have not announced it yet, so I don't know if I'm supposed to say. I also get nervous that it's going to change. So, but it's it. coming out. It's coming out pretty soon. I'll okay, say right. that. And, uh, yeah, I'm Taylor Tomlinson Comedy on TikTok. I'm Taylor go. Tomlinson on Instagram, oh, on yes. Twitter, ttomcomedy.com for tour dates. Uh, in February, this is when this comes out, I'm going to be in Royal Oak, Michigan, and Atlantic City, and Bakersfield, and San Diego, and Reading, and Denver, I it's believe. Those sword. are all the ones I can remember yeah. off the top of my head. So go to my website. So bananas go dress like bananas. Go cheer. Just if you see a bunch of bananas, they will show up that way, Taylor. So get ready. But um, yes. we are so excited. We wanted to have you on for a very long time. So we're so glad we made this work. Yeah, thank you. I'm so, so much. glad. Yeah, thank you so much. Thank you for checking back in 
Because I do that a lot where I'm like, I'm so swamped right now, but please of check course. back in like this week. And it. then a lot of people won't do it and then it'll never happen or we'll forget. And so I so appreciated that you were like, hey, just checking in about this again. Yeah, no worries. You're a Thank woman you of so your much. word. We know this to be true. <laughs> and come back and do Hot Tub anytime you want. We're going to be back up in February. Yay, I'm so excited. I miss that show so much. Bye. Bye, Taylor. Bye. Bananas. Bananas. This has been an Exactly Right production. Produced and engineered by Katie Levine. Theme music by Kahan. And all of our artwork is done by Travis Millard. You can follow us on Instagram at The Bananas Podcast, where we post stories every day and things that we don't cover on the podcast. Listen, subscribe, and please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcast. And if you're interested in advertising on Bananas, please email us at thebananaspodcast at gmail.com. That's thebananaspodcast at gmail.com.